This is the Tallahassee Business Podcast, bringing you engaging conversations with influential members of the community that you need to know. This episode is brought to you by Mill Creek Financial Consultants. At Mill Creek Financial Consultants, we offer more than just financial planning. We develop a relationship with you that helps you avoid common missteps, make confident decisions, and put your assets to work so you can enjoy the peace of mind that comes from financial security. Don't delay your important financial decisions any longer. Schedule a time to meet with our Mill Creek Financial Advisors and begin the journey towards achieving your dreams by visiting MillCreekFinancialConsultants.com. No investment strategy can ensure peace of mind, assure profit, or guarantee against loss. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Hello, everybody. This is Sue Dick with the Greater Tallahassee Chamber of Commerce. Um, very happy to have Dr. Jay Reeves with us today, especially as we launch into May as Mental Health Awareness Month. Jay, thanks for coming. Oh, thanks for having me, Sue, anytime. Well, um, I, I think we have a lot to cover, and I want to kind of jump in here, but you are president and CEO of Appalachia Center, but you wear so many other hats in this space for our community, and we are very fortunate to have you here in our community, especially with what you do on a national, statewide level, but you are here. So for our listeners, maybe um, give them a quick a rundown of how you found your way to Tallahassee. How it got here. Okay, sure. So I've been in the mental health field for 38 years this year. And uh, I actually grew up in upstate New York and went to school in Boston at Tufts and Harvard and then in uh, New York at Adelphi University. So I got my PhD in clinical psychology. And uh, about 17 years ago, actually 17 and a half going on 18, uh, my wife, who grew up in Vera Beach, was looking for us to come, what is for her, coming home to Florida. She was a little sick of shoveling the snow and trying to get the ice off the car. And uh, so a job opened up for her at the what's now the Florida Behavioral Health Association, which is the Industry Trade Association. She's a psychologist as well. And uh, there was a job at Appalachia Center as the chief managed care officer, which I'd never done anything remotely like that before. But the CEO at the time kind of took a chance and hired me. And then when he retired three years later, the board promoted me. So that's kind of, that's the very nutshell version of how I got here. Well, we're, we're glad you're here. And this is so important. Um, you know, we've talked about the Appalachia Center, but I, I think before we move into some of the resources, I think your professional perspective and what you have spent so much of your time and your wife, um, maybe setting the, the level set here for our listeners, for themselves or for their employees as to um, why this is such an important conversation. Absolutely. Thank you. And thanks for the, the opportunity to have the conversation. So some form of behavioral or mental health problem impacts something in the neighborhood of 20% of all people. And that's when you're looking at things including depression, anxiety, but, but issues that can be debilitating for people's performance in their lives, both in a personally and work world. When you look at the prevalence of serious mental illness, and these are illnesses such as schizophrenia, serious bipolar disorder, those in Florida that runs around 
four to five percent of the population, which doesn't sound like a lot, but you're talking about a million people. And these and illnesses of this magnitude are ones that, in the absence of treatment, can be extraordinarily debilitating. Schizophrenia is a good example of one that, if it's caught early enough with the right kind of meds, the impact of it can be softened pretty considerably for folks throughout the lifespan. And that's true in general for behavioral health disorders. The, the problem that we face, and like I said, I've been doing this for a long, long time, the problem we face as a culture is that traditionally there's been this huge amount of prejudice and stigma around mental illness. It has to do with admission of weakness. It has to do with a sense of folks being, you know, somehow different or unusual and not wanting to talk about that. And it's it, the longer I'm in the field, the more I think that some of the challenges, actually most of the challenges we have around mental health treatment come down to stigma and prejudice because we know what works. We actually have some pretty good medicines. We've got some good treatments. As we'll talk about, we've got a, a more resources than we've ever had before in this community. But people have to avail themselves of them. People have to raise their hands and say, you know, I've got an issue. My kid's got an issue. My family member's got an issue. Who can help? And so part of what I spend a lot of time doing, that's one of the things I'm, you know, grateful about the opportunity to do this today, is anytime I get a chance to talk a little bit about not just that we've got the resources, but that we, we've got the capacity to help some of these situations that people may have been struggling with for years without raising their hands. And it's the, the, our job, I think, is to both provide that kind of warm hand to say, come on, and we've got something here for you. We've got ways to help and to help normalize the conversation because that's the big issue with stigma around mental health is – People see it as a forbidden topic. It's something you're not supposed to talk about. It so every chance I get, I talk mm -hmm. about it. It's just a way of trying to to take down the intensity mm -hmm. level a little bit and the shame level, and say, no, nah, if we talk about it, we can actually do something about it. Well, and once you once you are able to open up those lines of communication, as you stated, there's so many resources. Maybe yes. run through a couple of those right now, just so our listeners know um, what those are and, and the examples of and who they who they serve. Yeah, sure. So, just and there's 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 actually a whole lot of them, but just in the not for profit space, and this is the the world where folks, regardless of insurance status or ability, they can get help. Uh, Appalachia Center is kind of the, the the backbone of that space, and we have a, a treatment system that runs from acute inpatient beds for both folks with uh, mental illnesses and substance use issues through residential programs across the eight counties we serve um, through, I think at this point we have 12 outpatient clinics, uh, four of them here in Leon County, and then the rest spread out throughout the, the Big Bend. So we serve the eight counties, the Big Bend, about 5,500 square miles, and we have about 500 staff, which folks don't necessarily know. And... Part of what we've done in the last several years, which I'm real proud of, 
is that we've uh, created a joint venture with Tallahassee Memorial Healthcare so that we actually, through the Live Oak Behavioral Health Management Company, actually manage the behavioral health services that are available through Tallahassee Memorial Healthcare, and that includes inpatient, outpatient. We're developing an intensive outpatient program right now. Um, there's also a, a pretty state-of-the-art consultation liaison service. So if someone comes into TMH, whether that's through the ED or into one of the various departments, there are psychiatrists, social workers, nurses, counselors who are available 24-7 to see them wherever they are. And uh, so that's sort of the broad spectrum of what we've got. And if I can, I want to talk a little bit about the some of the crisis services because folks, you know, there's there's kind of two ways of thinking about behavioral health. There's the, I would just like to find somebody on an ongoing basis to talk to, which is actually one of the more challenging parts in this community, and I'll, I'll get to that. But the crisis service array here is actually pretty incredible. Uh, we have a mobile response team, and the, the story this is sort of interesting. So in the aftermath of the um, Parkland shooting, the state legislature actually put huge resources into behavioral health for the first time since I'd been here as in like sort of a lump sum. And one of the things they did with that was to develop mobile response teams so that folks who were in crisis could call and talk to a trained counselor 24-7 who would actually come out to see them. And if somebody needed emergency services, they'd help navigate that. If somebody didn't but just needed somebody to talk to, we could get appointments within 24 hours on weekdays for the person who was being talked to. Well, we developed that, um, and this was, I want to say, like four years ago. And then uh, the city of Tallahassee started looking at the model saying, we'd like to do something that involves a co-responder team with law enforcement and with the um, uh, folks, the EMTs and, and mental health. And I said, you know, we do have a, we've got a mobile response team already. And they said, yeah, this is something a little different. So I said, okay. So we partnered with them to create the team's mobile unit, which operates at the city of Tallahassee, and that's actually through 911. A call to 911 can get you there. Take a step back, though. So that's through 911, sure. but the initial um, supports, how do you reach that? There's a couple of different ways. There's a phone call to the mobile response team itself, which I I'm going to have to look okay. up to tell you what but the number is. But there's a way. There's direct, there's, yes, yep. there's okay. a direct 24-7 okay. number. Folks can also reach it through 211 Big Band. Okay. That's the other way. And they've got a pipeline to our mobile response team. So that so we had that up and running. And the um, uh, team's mobile unit with the Tallahassee Police Department got up and running. And then the... Sheriff's office looked at it and said, well, we kind of like something like this, That's but not exactly identical. So they sponsored what's called the, uh, the mental health unit for Leon County Sheriff's office. So we actually have three 
components of mobile response running. I'm not aware of another community in the state that has, especially the with the population we have, that has that many ways to just pick up the phone and call. For the mobile response team at Appalachia Center, that's 1-800-342-0774. 1-800-342-0774. Or... 850-523-3248. And that's a 24-7 line. Um, and the, I think one of the things that's important with that number to remember is that you don't have to be in crisis yourself to call. If you have a family member, if you have a kid, if you just have a question mm -hmm. about, hey, you know what, I want to connect somebody with services. Mm -hmm. That number is there to be used. Well, and I think that's so important. And, and, and you've touched on the youth component. I know that we were talking off air about the Bradley Reach program, which was something that uh, I, I know our listeners should know. And, and maybe you can explain that a little bit further as well. Well, I'd, I'd love to. Thank you. So this kind of came out of a couple of different places. Um, we've seen pretty substantial increases in the number of kids who need crisis services for the last five years running and actually several years ago we expanded our children's unit from five beds to 12 we're expanding it again this year um, we got funded in the legislature assuming the governor signs the budget for an additional four beds and to, to redo a lot of what we do and that's just the volume of kids has just grown exponentially so we were looking at that thinking about you know especially what can we do to help kids maybe not have to go under a Baker Act into an inpatient unit. It's a hugely important service. You need to be able to do it, but nobody would say that's the ideal thing to do in most cases. So the, the challenge we faced here is that we don't have a psychiatric residency program yet. I mean, we're just getting started with one at FSU um, and the, one that exists through HCA, but it's not kid-focused. Um, we don't really have remotely enough child practitioners, especially prescribers in the region. So it was within the, the context of this conversation, I got a call from the folks at Bradley Hospital. Now, Bradley Hospital is the, the nation's oldest psychiatric hospital for children, and uh, it's in Rhode Island. It was founded in, I think, 1931. It was, it has been the, the research leader in kids' mental health for, you know, nearly 100 years now, and it's internationally known. The team that they've assembled is their, uh, uh, the major children's teaching hospital for psychiatry for Brown Medical School, and they've assembled this kind of world-class team. And uh, full disclosure, I actually used to work there before I came to, to Florida. So some of the folks I knew at Bradley called me up and said, you know, we're, look, we, we have these programs, and uh, these are partial hospitalization programs and intensive outpatient programs, which are really intended for kids who aren't benefiting enough from traditional outpatient but aren't quite meeting criteria to go inpatient, or kids who are coming out of inpatient who need some sort of step down, and we just didn't have a lot of 
services like that in this community, and we didn't have services like that that were delivered by, you know, such a, a really elite clinical team. So they had had these programs for quite a few years, and then during COVID, of course, they had to pivot and start doing them virtually. Well, what they found was that the improvement rates were just as good virtually, and the adherence rates were actually better. So they started looking at where can we do this nationally. They called me up, and we tried to figure out how we were going to do it over the course of the year, but uh, we are actually up and running now. It's called the Bradley Reach Program, and within the north of St. Leon County and in the northwest region, we accept a variety of insurances. We also accept no insurance. So um, kids, regardless, really regardless of ability to pay, regardless of family insurance status, will bring kids who need it into this program. And that's just uh, looking at our website at AppalachiaCenter.org and clicking on the Bradley Reach tab, and we can we can get you hooked up. Well, and as you look, you've talked you've talked a little bit about the partnership with TMH. Uh, as you look um, to the next the balance of this year into future years, um, what other program or what do you see as far as the services that you will continue to, to provide for our communities? We're in, I think we're in a, a very exciting time in behavioral health, both in this community and in Florida. So we had, you know, we're just coming out of the legislative session, um, absent a governor's veto, which I don't anticipate we have gotten funded for an expansion of our residential programming, um, of our um, children's inpatient programming. We've gotten some uh, additional resources for the central receiving facility, which is the, the point of contact for folks who are involuntarily transported under the Baker Act, and they all come to us in a partnership with both TMH and uh, HCA Capital. And um, so I think we're going to keep doing what we're doing with see the expansion of the Bradley Reach program. One of the things I'm most excited about right now is the um, – actually, there's two things. So one of the things I'm most excited about is the um, uh, residency program that we are partnering with TMH and FSU, College of Medicine, and we have – hired a director, and uh, Dr. Mazumder has been around this community for quite a while and, and is, I think, going to be a great leader, and he's busily, busily working on responding to the application. Here's the cool thing about that, is that now we've got HCA Capital as a residency arm of the, the larger HCA partnership with um, UCF. But the nice thing about a locally grown residency is there's a lot of impetus for folks to stay in the community. And I can tell you that this is when I moved to Tallahassee 17 years ago. The, one of the most striking things to me in terms of the behavioral health world was well, there's no psychiatric residency here. And I hadn't lived anywhere and worked anywhere without a residency program. And I can tell you the difference a local residency program makes in terms of your ability to just expand the the presence of the most highly trained providers within the marketplace. In the absence of that, it's it's 
tough to really expand the sort of outpatient world. So um, that's something I'm quite excited about. And then the other thing that's happening right now is um, I know that folks are aware of the FSU health partnership with TMH and some of the activity that's going on over in Panama City. And that's something that the uh, behavioral health partnership is part of as well. We actually have opened a, um, a virtual clinic at one of the TMA, the first TMH practices in the Panama City Beach area, and that's been growing very rapidly for the last few months. So I see some some expansion in terms of folks we're able to bring into care, and you know, it's it's I think it's going to be an exciting time. Well, and I think that's the key. Thank you for the overview. And, and I think we always try and push the regional elements and, and what we're seeing in the health fields. And it's so important, especially with Tallahassee, Leon County being the center, really, to the to yes. the region that keeps pushing out and how important the work that you're doing and your entire team. And I want to make sure we repeat it. Uh, more information can be found at... Um, AppalachiCenter.org. AppalachiCenter.org. Okay. Absolutely. Any final comments um, as we start the month of May? Well, yeah. As a matter of fact, thanks for asking. Sure. And this this uh, podcast is actually a really good example of it. There is tremendous interest in and appetite for and support for behavioral health in this community. It's 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 kind of astonishing to me because you know said I've been here 17 years, and when I got here, it wasn't that the discussion wasn't happening, but it was pretty siloed. It was, you know, there were certain government agencies that are traditionally funded mental health services, and they'd sort of talk to you, and there were these, you know, advocacy organizations like NAMI Tallahassee, which is phenomenal, um, but it was kind of over here, and what I've seen in the last six, seven years has been just this flowering of discussions that I've been having with everybody. City council, county commission's always been part of it, but the schools, law enforcement, businesses, there's just, uh, we seem to have, have undergone kind of a sea change in terms of people's acceptance of this as, this is, Something that if we're going to do health care, we have to do behavioral health care. It's a crucial part of it. I think this community kind of gets it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's great to live here right now and see well, what's happening. Well, and I think these, uh, you know, I would agree with you. And maybe it was it was starting pre-COVID. And I think um, this has been a real test to see how communities are responding from COVID. And then you know, no no lack of leadership. So a thank you to you, Jay, oh, Dr. No, Jay Reeves, and, and the work you're doing because you're in you are in the room on a lot of those conversations, That's and I true. think that it does play an important role. So thank you for your leadership on that, and thank you for taking time uh, last week of session, as you said, but very busy to come in and really give a message to our listeners to know that there there are resources out there uh, and important for not only them, their employees, but also their children. And it's uh, so important for our community. So thank you. It was my pleasure. Always a pleasure being here. Always a pleasure talking to you. And thank you because the chamber has been one of those avenues where a discussion with, and we've had consistent discussions over the years about behavioral health. And that's 
I don't know that that's common among chambers of commerce. I think this is kind of a, a Leon County, Tallahassee region thing, and that's thanks to your leadership and thanks to the chamber for being willing to engage something that has historically maybe been a little outside of most businesses' comfort zones. So, well, thank you, Jay. It's important. It's important for our community as a whole. Absolutely. Absolutely.